Welcome in, boys and girls, to Noah's Ark on Sports. Um, this, for those of you who don't know yet, um, my name is Noah Dunlap. I have been doing the Lonely Roundtable podcast for been a little over two years now, and at the Lonely Roundtable, the whole focus has always been sports, politics, entertainment, whatever the case may be. For this show, after two plus years, I started looking, and what I noticed was that the Lonely Roundtable, our biggest episodes were um, shows that were more based around politics and a little bit of entertainment, if you will. So what I decided to do is anyone who knows me knows that sports has always been my biggest focus. Sports has always been number one to me. So clearly I won't be giving up on talking about sports. That's what I do. That's what I know best. So due to the fact that our highest ratings were on political shows on the Lonely Roundtable, I decided to switch it up, and this is simply going to be a branch of that. Noah's Ark on Sports is going to be the sports show. I'm going to rebrand just a little bit. I'm going to leave the Lonely Roundtable to be um, basically solely focused on politics, on entertainment, on current events in the world, and then I'm going to have this where we talk about sports for all the sports fans out there. Now, are we still going to talk about the intersection at times if there's a sports story that becomes political to a degree? Absolutely. I'll talk about this on here. I may talk about it on there. But by and large, this is going to be the sports show of the Lonely Roundtable and us branching off. So without further ado, that's the quick intro explaining what this new show is going to be. I hope you guys enjoy. This is going to be a sports-based show, so sit back and enjoy. Um, and with that out of the way, if you've been listening to the Lonely Roundtable, you know I wasn't on last week. I try to get on... Um, at least three times a week. Sometimes I'll try to be daily, depending on what all I have going on. Well, last week I spent, man, I spent sick. And you can still kind of hear it in my voice if you know what my um, my normal voice sounds like. You could still kind of hear it. It's been a rough week or so. And to make matters worse, over the weekend, I just actually moved down to Oxford. I've been living in Memphis uh, well, just outside of Memphis for basically my entire life. And now I just moved about an hour south down to Oxford, Mississippi. Love it down here. Graduated from Ole Miss. This is what I know. This is what I love. This is where I am now. So with all of that out of the way, the intro there explaining what happened, explaining the rebrand, I want to go ahead and dive into the sports stories of the week starting with college football. College football is where I do a, a lot of my focus. A ton of my focus is based around college football. That is what I, you know, 
that's my number one sport as far as it goes. So now that it's football season, love it. We got to talk about football. Um, if you've paid attention to the Lonely Roundtable, you know I give gambling picks each week. Currently, we're breaking even. <laughs> as we, I guess we are currently 13-13-1 and one on the week. Well, on the year through two weeks now. So we're making it. We're making it. It's been a 500 year so far. But hey, we're going to get better with that. I promise you that. This week was brutal. We lost, I think it was a total of six or, I guess it was six games this week that we lost. Um, And those six games total, total six game combined came by, I believe it was a total of seven points. So we were roughly seven points or so away from an undefeated week. Got brutalized with a few half-point margins here and there. Sometimes gambling can be rough. It's what you sign up for when you get into the business. But nonetheless, away from all of that, that's the gambling picks. Um, I normally give those out on Thursday or Friday, so be on the lookout for those. But every Monday or Tuesday, first time that I'm on of the week, I will also give a breakdown of the top 10 of my top 10 um, college football polls. So as we move forward, I want to go ahead and let's do that as we recap what we've seen over the past two weeks, um, the first two weeks of the college football season. Number one, I have Alabama. This is, um, what's the word we're looking for? Maybe perplexing to a lot of people. I know in the AP poll this week, Georgia actually jumped Alabama for number one. And I understand that. I do have Georgia at number two. But the reason I have Alabama number one still, they absolutely destroyed a pretty good Utah State team week one. 55 nothing, I think, was the final of that one. In week two, they went on the road to Austin. Hostile environment, tough place to play. They managed to squeak out a one-point game on the road, one of the toughest places to play in the country, against the uh, top 25 team. More importantly, they managed to get a win in a game that I think they had 16 penalties, something like that. One of the most uncharacteristic games you will ever see from an Alabama Crimson Tide team under head coach Nick Saban. It's not even close. That did not look like Alabama. We can all agree on that if you watch that game. The fact... (coughs) Pardon me there. Um, The fact that Alabama actually managed to get the win is the reason I still have them number one. If Alabama can win that football game on the road against that team with how bad they played, I don't know that there's a team out there that can beat Alabama. So that's why I have Alabama number one. For, like I said, I have Georgia number two. Georgia has dismantled an Oregon team 
basically at home. It was in Atlanta week one. And I know that was supposedly a top 11 or a top 12 matchup. The fact is, that Oregon team isn't that good. Now, did Georgia absolutely abuse them? For sure. Absolutely. But that doesn't change the fact that that Oregon team just isn't very good. They struggle. And I think we're going to see more struggles from them this year. So I don't put much faith, much credence in that Oregon win. And then Georgia beat Samford, I think it was like 33 to nothing this week or something. Um, They beat Samford at home in Athens this past week. So, yeah, you know, we can make the argument that Georgia's there. We all agree that Georgia is a really good football team. They're the the defending national champions. But just based on everything, I'm going to lean Alabama. Maybe that's a mistake. I don't know. But give me Alabama right now. Um, At number three, and keep in mind, by and large, I don't take in preseason polls into account when I'm doing my top ten. Most of my top ten is based around solely what I've seen on the field. So keep that in mind as we go through these. At number three, I have Michigan. Michigan has absolutely obliterated two teams. I can't remember who it was. Who was it? They downed Hawaii with ease. And golly, who did they play week one? I should know this because they cost me. Colorado State is who they obliterated in week one. They cost me um, some money in week one. That was one of our misses on the spread. And while I'm not sold on that Michigan team yet, the fact is is that they've played two relative nobodies and they have obliterated and destroyed both of them that has to you know come into account when we're talking about things the fact that they are taking care of business in a major way so i do appreciate michigan taking care of business the way they have um ohio state at 4 for me Week one, they struggled in the first half against Notre Dame in the primetime game week one. Um, In the second half, they finally started to flex just a little bit. They showed who they are, and then they managed to pull away. I think the final was like 21 to 10 or something. Now, there are questions with Notre Dame, as Notre Dame just came out and lost to Marshall this weekend. Uh, the Marcus Freeman era in South Bend, getting off to an 0-3 start total. If you go back to last year's bowl game, not a great look. Questions about the offense, but I have faith that Marcus Freeman is going to turn it around, hopefully, because I do like Marcus Freeman. Dude seems like a great guy. Seems like a coach I would love to play for. But currently that offense has some problems doesn't help that the quarterback is now out for potentially the year with an injury. So there are questions there. But Ohio State managing to get the win week one, pulling away late. Um, And then in week two, they took care of Arkansas State with relative ease, another basically gimme game. So like what I've seen from Ohio State so far, like I said, they started off a little sluggish in the first half of their opener. But I think that's going to be okay. I think as we progress into the season, you're going to see C.J. Stroud and company 
begin to play much better, and that is then going to create an intriguing matchup come the last week of the season when we get uh, the game between Ohio State and Michigan. That'll be fun. Can't wait for that one. But, hey, that's at the end of the year. We got a full season left. Let's enjoy it while we have it. Uh, Number five, Oklahoma for me at number five. Um, This Oklahoma Sooner team, they are – they're intriguing to me. And the reason I say that is they're not flashy under new head coach Brent Venables. They're not flashy. They haven't just obliterated any team. You beat UTEP 45-13 in the opener. You beat Kent State, I think it was, um, 33-3 this past weekend. So you're not destroying teams. You're not abusing teams. But it, it just looks like solid football. Dylan Gabriel over in Norman now transferring from UCF. Um, he's looked pretty comfortable in the system. And in a Big 12 conference that doesn't look necessarily all that strong, we don't know if we get there. So I like Oklahoma right now at number, what, number five for me, I believe it is. Um, I have Kentucky at six. (coughs) Kentucky at six. They struggled in the opener against Miami of Ohio, but you got the win. And then more importantly, they went to the swamp this past week and they beat a Florida team, um, that had just knocked off Utah, a Florida team where a lot of people were anointing Anthony Richardson, the new Heisman winner. He was the guy. And quite frankly, Kentucky made him look foolish. If you looked at Anthony Richardson's numbers from this past week, the guy looked completely inept. He looked lost. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, The pick six that he threw was ugly. So there are a lot of questions right now with Florida. That's the reason I took Kentucky this week anyway. I took Kentucky outright. Got a big win there. Just because while everyone else was determined that Anthony Richardson was the guy after week one, my answer was he's too inconsistent. He showed it last year. I think it's going to continue to be an issue this year. That's exactly what we saw Kentucky getting a win, Will Levis getting a win without multiple starters, including their starting running back. Kentucky has multiple guys out because of suspensions. Chris Rodriguez, I think is his name, um, the running back, he won't be back until October 1st against, actually, Kentucky is coming down here to Oxford on October 1st, a game that I'll be at. Um, taking on Ole Miss, that's going to be the running back's first game of the year. And Kentucky still managed to go on the road in Gainesville and get the win. Uh, Big-time win from Kentucky. I like what I've seen from them uh, so far. I think Mark Stoops is a tremendous head coach. So give me Kentucky at six. Seven, I have Arkansas. 
Arkansas with um, big win against Cincinnati in week one and then came out and took care of business with ease at home against South Carolina in week two. Sam Pittman got the Hogs rolling. K.J. Jefferson looking good. Not great, but looking good. The defense playing well. You knew that was a good Arkansas team. You knew the schedule was tremendously tough. You didn't know how they were going to respond to the schedule. Starting off 2-0, getting off to a hot start. Big uh, Big time start to the season for Arkansas. You have to like what you've seen there if you're a Hogs fan. Um... At 8, I have USC, Lincoln Riley getting things going early in his first year over in L.A. with um, They beat up on rice in week one. Uh, great, you beat up on food. I mean, sure, we can say that's a big win. We can say that's whatever, but that's nothing. And then they took care of Stanford this past week in a game that ended up being closer, the final score did, than what actually happened in the game. USC was rolling in that one before they kind of took their foot off the gas just a little bit. You can be a little concerned if you want to about that. I'm honestly not. I think that USC team is going to be fine. There are a lot of transfers. There are a lot of guys like that who are still learning to play together. And I think as the year goes on, they're only going to get better. So you have to like what you've seen from USC, Lincoln Riley so far. BYU at nine. This BYU team is a team that you need to keep your eye on. Everyone wants to sleep on them just a little bit. I'm telling you now, don't do it. They just took down Baylor this week. I know it was in Provo. It was a hostile environment late night game on Saturday. And it was a game that ended up going to overtime. But nonetheless, that is a really good Baylor team. That is a Baylor team that won the Sugar Bowl last year. They were the Big 12 champion last year. I think they have a chance to be the Big 12 champion again this year. And BYU managed to sneak away with one. Um... They're not great. They're not great, but they are really good. What, um, golly, what is his name? Sataki. Sataki, that's his name. Um, head coach. His name escaped me for a minute. What he has built out at BYU right now is phenomenal. Where that program is, is they are in really good shape. And they continue to grow. They continue to build. This past week, a big-time win against Baylor. More proof of that. And they destroyed South Florida in week one, beat them 50-21. to A game that the defense didn't play great in. But you know the offense is going. You know the offense is going to be fine. The defense is going to remain questionable. But I think what we saw from BYU this past week against Baylor, holding the Bears to 20, that's big-time news. If if BYU's defense is playing top 10 teams and holding them to uh, 20 points or less, BYU is going to be a problem. They're going to be a tough team to beat. So props to the BYU Cougars getting the win there. I have them at number nine. 
And then at 10, go ahead and give me Clemson at 10. I, we don't know what we've got with Clemson so far. <coughs> what we do know from Clemson is that DJ Uyangalale has looked a little shaky at times. They looked atrocious for basically three quarters in the opener against Georgia Tech, and then they opened things up. You ended up winning 41-10 to 10 there. I just – I don't – DJU has not looked good. He looked good in 2020 in his limited games, and there was major hype coming into last year about what he was going to be, and then it never it never panned out. You never saw it. And then there was talk about him slimming down this year. He looked better. He looked in better shape, looked more physical, looked all of these different things. And currently, again, he just hasn't looked great. They took care of Furman this weekend, but even against Furman, the offense struggled just a little bit. 35 points against Furman? I, that's less than stellar to me. So I think there's questions about Clemson's offense yet again. I think there's questions about what DJ Uyangalale is going to end up being especially if he can't turn things around. So that's what I have right now for you in terms of my top 10. Got Clemson coming in at 10 just because, to me, they haven't looked all that great. A few teams that it's important to point out over the first two weeks, the Tennessee Volunteers taking care of business, uh, destroyed Ball State with ease in week one, went on the road against who was that pit this week, got a tight win there. Um, that game could have gone either way. Tennessee ends up getting the win. Props to Josh Heupel and company out there in Knoxville picking up a big-time road win. Mississippi State, same way. Y'all know I'm an Ole Miss guy, but man, oh, man, Mike Leach, the Pirate, has the Bulldogs humming at the right time early in the season. They beat up on um, Memphis in week one, took care of business with ease there, and then they actually went on the road out to, I guess it was, what, Tucson this week and took down Arizona. And I know Arizona's not a powerhouse. I know Arizona has struggled in the past. I think they're a better football team this year. And for Mississippi State to come out go on the road again late night game Saturday night get an easy win there especially with LSU looming this week that's a big time win for Mississippi State that um, you have to give props to Mike Leach for keeping his guys focused with a rivalry game coming up this week like I said against LSU so props to Mississippi State there um, those are the main focuses this week that I saw. Um, so that does it for a pretty lengthy recap of the college football season so far. Shouldn't have been that long, honestly, but due to me being sick, I wasn't on last week, so I didn't talk about week one at all. So I wanted to kind of recap both ways.
And now let's go ahead and switch gears just a little bit and talk NFL. The NFL season got underway this past week. So what did we see in terms of the NFL season? Well, week one, well, not week one. Let's go Thursday night in the opener. The Buffalo Bills look like a team on a mission. Josh Allen looks like a guy on a mission. As Buffalo goes out to L.A., um, just brutalizes the L.A. Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, made them look silly at times. Josh Allen just, I mean, just bursting onto the MVP scene in week one like it's nothing. So props to Josh Allen. Props to the Buffalo Bills there getting a big-time win. Um, A few other things we noticed. (coughs) The Miami Dolphins getting a win over New England. There was a lot of talk about New England being improved this year. Well, that is going to have to be delayed at least another week as Miami got the win at home. Big-time win for the Miami Dolphins there. Tyreek Hill, Tua Tagovailoa and company. Um, Whatever the the head coach's name is, guy doesn't even look like an NFL head coach. God, I love that guy so much. McDonald, maybe, is that his name? The Miami Dolphins head coach. He is – he might have already become my favorite head coach in the NFL – just because he, nothing about him, Mike McDaniel, my bad, nothing about this guy, if you've seen him, if you've listened to him talk, nothing about him strikes you as being an NFL head coach, yet that's what he is. And more importantly, based on what we saw in week one, he may be a damn good NFL head coach, which we could hope so, because I think it's, I think it would be huge for the league as He brings more personality than we're used to seeing from head coaches. He's not into coach speak. He's not into any of that. He actually brings some personality. He brings some flair, and I think that's a good thing. So props to Miami getting the win against New England in week one. Um, A few other things. The Tennessee Titans, they are my favorite team. They're my, you know, home state team, if you will. Been there my whole life. Uh, been a Titan fan my whole life. That was embarrassing. You lost to the New York Giants at home in week one. You took care of business in the first half. You were just absolutely rolling. And then the wheels come off. And you let New England, uh, not New England, New York score to get down by one. And then you let New York go for two big-time balls there from the Giants there. Big-time move. I loved it. And you let Saquon Barkley just overpower you into the end zone. Rough look for the Titans. Then, to make matters worse, they actually get down the field. They get in field goal range, and you brick the game-winning field goal. Uh, It is literally the most Titans loss imaginable. When you think of ways you can lose football games, especially for the Tennessee Titans, that's that about sums it up. That's what we expect. So the Tennessee Titans, what do you do there? Um, rough loss for them. By the way, the AFC South is atrocious. 
No team getting a win. Houston getting a tie with Indianapolis. So those two teams both sitting with one tie, no wins, no losses. Jacksonville and Tennessee both losing. This division is a cluster. There, we, we don't know what we're getting from this division. I couldn't tell you who wins, to be honest with you. I think the division is trash. I think it's going to be problematic. Um, a few other storylines. Newing, uh, why is New England on my mind, guys? I don't know. Green Bay. Green Bay deciding not to play the opener yet again. We've grown accustomed to this with Aaron Rodgers, if we're going to be totally honest. Um, Aaron Rodgers kind of, I don't want to say he takes week one off, but it does seem like at times he just kind of takes week one off and just kind of cruises. That's exactly what we saw again Sunday as the Green Bay Packers got annihilated by the Minnesota Vikings. Inexcusable, if we're going to be honest, but like I said, we've kind of grown accustomed to it if you've paid attention to Green Bay Packer football over the past couple years. So there is that. Uh, Dak Prescott is now out for weeks, multiple weeks, um, as he was injured in the opener against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay easing by Dallas in week one. Major questions for the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't look good. I know part of that may be the fact that you can make the argument that it's a Dak Prescott injury as part of it, but the fact is is that Dak got hurt kind of late in that game. Tampa Bay was already cruising. Tom Brady didn't look great, but Tom Brady looked manageable, and with the talent that he has down in Tampa Bay, I think that Tampa Bay team is going to be tremendous. So look out for Tampa in terms of the NFC I think that's a team that you have to kind of pay attention to, especially with Tom Brady. Tom Brady going through what may end up being a divorce right now. We're not really sure. Got some tumultuous personal issues going on there. We don't know what's going on, like I said, with his personal life. So expect him to um, put more effort on football. And Tom Brady putting more effort on football is terrifying. Even at age 40 plus, 44, 45 now that he is, I think if he puts his sole focus on football, he is going to be a top two, top three quarterback in this league. And I think he showed that in the, in the opener anyway. Props to Tampa Bay getting a big-time win there. Um, and then let's talk last night. Seattle getting the win on Monday Night Football in Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. That's great. Geno Smith played well for the Seahawks. Props to Geno Smith. What was that time management from Denver late in that football game? If you didn't watch, you missed one of the bigger just screw-ups that I've ever seen. As Denver down by, I guess it was down by one, down by two, whatever it was, they managed to drive down, and you end up in a situation where you're looking at a 64-yard field goal. Now, McManus, their kicker, has a massive leg. There is no question. With 35, 40 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Denver has three timeouts. 
They have a fourth and five. Russell Wilson in your backfield. He's your quarterback. You need a field goal. Now, I personally didn't hate the decision to kick the field goal. That's fine. What I did hate is the fact that Denver let the play clock wind all the way down before calling their timeout. If you were just going to kick, then kick the fucking ball. There is no need to let the play clock wind all the way down, waste a timeout, and then be like, yeah, because the issue here is if you hit it, sure, game's over, it's fine. But if you miss in this situation, at least you still have three timeouts. You can get the ball back with 20 seconds or so left if your defense can get a stop. Yes, you're asking a lot at that point. It's going to be tough to go down, um, get another field goal attempt, a chance to win the game. Absolutely, it's a long shot. But y'all, it's possible. And instead, what you did, you let the play clock wind all the way down. You waste a timeout. And then you kick anyway. And, of course, he ends up missing. I think he missed it wide right, maybe. Maybe left. Um, But you miss it wide. And at that point, you can't stop the clock enough. The clock is going to wind out anyway. Because you wasted a timeout. You let the clock run all the way down. I brain-dead decision-making from the Denver coaching staff there. No one really sure what happened. Just a bizarre situation all the way around. But nonetheless, for a Denver team that a lot of people have as being potential Super Bowl contenders, um, Super Bowl potential favorites for a lot of people, as I've heard a lot of people discuss the fact that they think with that Denver defense bringing in Russell Wilson now – to sure up the offense a little bit. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of even analysts, experts, if you want to call them that, who think Denver is going to be a really good football team, a potential, like I said, Super Bowl contender. Taking the L in week one, I know it's Seattle, I know it's a tough environment, but taking that loss against a Seattle team that no one's really sure about this year against a Seattle Seahawks-led team by Geno Smith, that that raises a lot of issues if you're Denver. Like, it's not a good look. So, sure, it's a long season. They can get things turned around. But it's a tough loss, and more importantly, Based on what you saw from the head coach, I think you have to question a lot, a lot, especially with the decision-making down the stretch there that led to, not necessarily led to the loss, but made the loss inevitable instead of giving your team another chance. So that's going to do it for the NFL Week 1 recap. Um, We've talked college football. We've talked NFL I think that's going to do it for the show today. Um, got one other thing I want to talk about, but I'll save that for tomorrow. And it's it's going to tie into something that I'm going to talk about on the Lonely Roundtable as well. It ties into the BYU 
racism incident. But I want to save that for tomorrow. I'll get around to that tomorrow because it's going to be a lengthy conversation. But like I said, that is tied into sports. So I do want to address that again. But seeing as we're already at, what, 35, 40 minutes right now, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show for today. That's going to do it for the opening episode here on Noah's Ark on Sports. Thank you guys for listening. My name, Noah Dunlap. I love you guys. I will see you guys tomorrow. Be sure to tune in each and every day, talking the latest news, the latest updates that we have in the sports world. Thank you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And as always, go check out the Lonely Rounds Able to. Um, if you haven't before, go do it now. Like I said, it's the politics, the entertainment side of this. But I love talking about that too. I'm still going to do that one as well. So go check that out if you haven't. Be sure to rate us five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is. Give us your feedback. Give us your rating, your review, all of that. Love you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. In the meantime, y'all stay safe out there.